Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. His commission. We find the reading of God's Word in the first three verses. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. Let us unite together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the blessings that we have experienced and shared together over many weeks and years of our lives. We thank you for this church and for its demonstration of continued faith in you. We thank you, our Lord, for those who have received you as Master and Savior in these past weeks. We thank you for the faith that this church demonstrates in desiring to continue to expand the building that we might have more facilities to to serve you. But our Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior who loved us enough to give his life on the cross of Calvary. We would pray even this morning that as we experience this service and this time of fellowship together, that there would be souls saved into your kingdom. Would you take the message of the hymns that are sung, the prayers that are offered, the testimonies that are given, and use them as a weapon in your hand, a mighty force, to be applied to the heart and soul of of anyone who has a need this day, and particularly our Father, the need of salvation. For in your name we pray. Amen. All of you have heard of Jonah. Not a one of us, I'm sure, in this congregation this morning, but one is not aware of this individual who was a person who decided that he did not want to do what God had commissioned him to do. And therefore decided that the thing he ought to do is run away. We're going to deal a lot this morning in the message with running away. But he was given a commission by the Lord to go to Nineveh. And there he was to preach to those people in order that they might repent and be saved. But Jonah didn't want to do it. The very first words of the first verse tell us that it was the word of the Lord that came to Jonah. As I prepared this message some time ago, I could not help but reflect upon what John said in the very first verse 
of the Gospel of John when he said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and compare it to what we find in Jonah the Word of the Lord came to Jonah. If we were in the life of Moses and we found him out there in the wilderness and seeing a bush burning and that was not consumed and he went over to see what was going on and the word of the Lord came to, uh, to Moses out of the burning bush, we might believe that God spoke maybe to Jonah like he spoke to Moses by a, an audible sound. But there is nothing here in the book of Jonah to indicate that there was anything of the nature. God speaks yet to people, to his people. And you and I have all experienced the word of the Lord being spoken to us very clearly and distinctly, though not an audible sound was heard. And there would be no question in your mind or mine that God has in fact said something to us. He spoke to our heart. His spirit communed with our spirit and it was clear to us that we understood the message. So there was no doubt in the minds of Jonah that he had heard and understood well what God had said to him. And it was to arise and go to Nineveh, a great city but a wicked city, and there preach. <clears throat> Jonah probably thought, well, I'm not a very good candidate for this job. Peter wasn't a very good candidate for the job either. Peter was a rough, uncouth, uneducated fisherman. And you know all fishermen are not good for too much, except to sit there with a line in the water and hoping that the jerk on one end will cause the jerk on the other end to react. But God saw in the life of this rough, uncouth, uneducated man the capabilities of performing for the Lord, of preaching, of winning the lost to Jesus Christ. We might look at Paul and think that he certainly was an unlikely candidate for his job. The little man, as the meaning of the word Paul is usually referred to, was certainly uh, not qualified to win people to the Lord, for he was belligerent. He was anti-Jesus Christ. He was opposed to all the preaching and the teaching that the apostles had done, and yet the Lord was able to bring him to his knees on the road to Damascus, and out of that experience make him a mighty soul winner. Now in this congregation we can find all of those characters. Very likely. And many of you would say to me or to anybody else, I'm not the one who ought to be doing that. I can't teach, I can't sing, I can't preach, I can't even use a shovel. Did you know you have to have a degree to learn how to use a shovel? I found that out this week out here when Brother Dillard said he had a degree in shoveling. 
I didn't have one, but he showed me how, and I've got my degree. Now, what degree do you need to work for the Lord? Nothing other than the word of the Lord coming to you and saying, this is what I want you to do. Some of you have talked to me about that. And you know clearly that God's word has come to you. Then comes the next step. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And Jonah said, I'm not going to do it. I do not want to go to Nineveh and preach. And so I can imagine that in his mind he began to search for excuses as to why he ought not go to Nineveh. And his first thought might have been that it's pretty dangerous over there. Those are pretty rugged, wicked people. He might have thought it won't be any fun. Somehow or other we think that we've got to have fun in all that we do. But most likely he, like you and like me, would have said, well, I'm not sure that that's what the Lord wants me to do. Doubts begin to arise. And the more we doubt what we ought to do, the more the devil is in control. For the devil says, don't do it now. Wait. The Lord said, I want you to go. Now. I want you to do now. I want you to respond now. And we hear the Lord speaking and we begin to rationalize in our, in our mind and saying, now is not the time. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. Satan says, wait, there's plenty of time. The Lord says, now is the time. So Jonah listened to the devil and he ran you know one of the things I've discovered when a person's running from God he stays away from church you just look, look in your own life on the lives of people you know when a Christian sins when a Christian sins and does not want to face God, he stays away from church. Well, that's logical. If I did not want to face God, I wouldn't come to God's house. It's logical. 139th Psalm, David spoke to the subject very well. And there are some words in it that I want you to notice. Griner began to read at the seventh verse, but I want to emphasize the eleventh verse and twelfth. When he said, Whither shall I go from thy presence? Or whither shall I flee from? Uh, let me start over. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? I'm still having trouble getting used to my trifocals. And they flip on me, and I get on the wrong line, so excuse me if I do that. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? He said, If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light unto me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. All right. What are we looking at in these verses? First of all, we understand the overall picture that David is saying there is no place to get away from God. Now, if you want to run, you can run from me. You can run from the church. You can run from your wife and from your family and from your job. You can run from all kinds of things, but you cannot run from God. For wherever you are, there he already is when you get there. The next thing that comes in our mind, that I will hide. And so men began, and women and children, began to hide their sin. So that it cannot be seen. And again, you can hide your sin from anyone. And it may not be discovered by mankind, but the scripture indicates that you cannot hide it from God. For he already knows it. I think verse 11 and 12 somewhat fit into the military picture of today. When they have all of that sophisticated equipment that makes nighttime just like daylight. And I've seen it in the movies. I've never seen it in real life. Where they can shoot up a flare and the whole sky just lights up as if it were day. Or they've got those scopes that they can look through and even though it's night they can pinpoint and pick out the enemy by looking through the scope. And so there is no hiding from the person who has the equipment to look into the dark. It can be seen. You can be seen by the scope or the flare that can reveal as if it were daytime. And the Lord is saying, if you think mankind can make night into day, look what I can do. To God, there is no difference between day and night. For God sees it all. And so if we're going to run from the presence of God, we're going to have to find some place that has not been discovered yet. For if it's the depths of hell or the heights of heaven or anywhere in between, God is there as if it were all daylight because to him it is. And he sees it all. So the flight of Jonah did not accomplish what he thought it might accomplish. His life was not camouflaged. I mentioned last Sunday night about the way I used to be when I was in school and didn't know the answers. That I would try to sit behind somebody that covered me up so that the teacher couldn't see me. I learned one thing. If I didn't want to answer, I didn't want to look the teacher in the eye. I can guarantee you I did not want to look the teacher in the eye. Because as sure as I did, she was going to call me to answer. Listen. Be cautious of that person who won't look you in the eye. There's something wrong. You know, it's odd as I stand back at the door Sunday after Sunday. Some people never 
looked me in the eye. Never. Some of the rest of you always looked me in the eye. Always. And I like that. But I always wonder about that person who won't look me in the eye. And I know what the answer is. It's the same answer as if I will not look somebody in the eye. I don't want to make the eye contact because it's going to reveal me as I am. My integrity is going to be called in question. My honesty is, is on the line. My sincerity, my righteousness is on the line if I won't look God in the eye. When's the last time you had eye contact with the Lord? I think it's time that we as a church quit running and look God in the eye. Because He will see us through and through whether we look Him in the eye or not. Jonah was crying, God let me alone. Let me alone. You know that's a dangerous thing to, to cry. The scripture says whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth. Let me tell you something. There is no, a few things, maybe some things, but let me say it this way. There is nothing worse than a parent who will not chasten his child. Who will not discipline. Because it indicates a lack of love. One of the problems... And I'll go back to my school teaching days that I discovered, and I, those of you who are teaching school, I don't know if you will agree with me or not, but my experience was those people with whom I had trouble in school were the ones whose parents didn't care what they did or where they went. Just let them go. I believe kids cry for direction because it indicates that there is behind that direction some love. And any parent who is worth the name of parent will certainly direct and discipline and guide their children because they know the end is worth the means to get there. Can we think any less of God who would allow us to cry unto him and say, let me alone, don't discipline me, let me go my own way. He knows that the thing that we need perhaps is some discipline. Listen, a person is in a dangerous state of affairs if God would respond affirmatively to that request to be let alone. I do not want God to let me alone. Because if he ever did, I would fear that I'd lost his love. So Jonah runs, and he cries for God to leave him alone, to let him get out of his presence so that he won't have to do what he'd been commanded to do. And whenever you want to run away from God, the devil will help you. Jonah found the ship all ready to sail. All he had to do was pay the fare and get on board. If you want to run away from God, you're going to have lots of help. The devil is going to be there to help you. Many people run away from God by sinking themselves into the work and saying that I just cannot do those things that I know the Lord wants me to do because my work takes me away. 
Others will say, I'm sorry, I just got too many exciting things going on in my life. I've got to go play. Others will say, my family is taking my time and my interest. I've got to give all of my attention to my family. Others will say, I'm sick. You know what day of the week more church people get sick than any other day? Well, today's the day. Tomorrow morning, I will almost guarantee you that there won't be enough sickness in the lives of the people who claim to be sick today to keep them off the job. And they were okay yesterday. It's today that became the day of sickness because it was an opportunity to escape eye contact with God. So these become our great excuses. And the devil comes along and says, if you want to get away from God, I'll help you do it. This morning in our Sunday school lesson, we dealt with the subject of Job, his problems as to why righteous people suffer so much. I don't know as we concluded anything particularly. Jonah ran, but Job stayed. When his problems came upon him, he didn't seek someplace else to go to get away from the problem. He stayed where the problem was, and he resolved the problem. The thing that impressed me about the reaction of Job to the time of his tremendous distresses, when he lost all of his family and all of his wealth, and he was covered with sores, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet with boils. If you ever had those, you know what they're like. He was absolutely a miserable creature, and he could not understand why all this had come upon him. But instead of running away and being bitter against God, he worshipped God in the midst of all of his turmoil. The person who loves God with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind will in the midst of all the distresses of life, when we want to run, we won't run because we know that God must be glorified even in the midst of all of this. And we'll worship. The church ought to be full of people who are running to God, not from God. You know, I ran one time. I ran, I thought I was running away from a problem. I literally ran. I got in my car and I left. And I discovered the hard way that the problem was still there and I had to come back and face it. So when we have our problems, when the Lord tells us to do something and we want to run, remember, the Lord will be waiting there when we get back. Now his departure was very expensive, but he paid the fare. <laughs> he got on the ship and said, how much does it cost to go to Tarshish? All the way across the Mediterranean Sea. It was pretty expensive, but he paid it. I want to use that point to make this point. Anybody who runs from God is going to pay dearly. It will be expensive. 
you know that I spent a good bit of time in West Virginia University, or West Virginia, I should say West Virginia prison, not the university. That might be a prison to some people. But at the state prison in Moundsville. And I've seen those casualties of society. It's not the problems of murder and rape and robbery that we really see in the lives of those people. It's a society that has tried to run away from God and now it's paying the penalty. Our communities are paying the penalty for what we have failed to do in relationship to God. In Logan County just recently there were two murders. One man was absolutely cut to pieces and his remains were put in a garbage bag. And when they opened the garbage bag, the police opened the garbage bag, the head of the man rolled out. Brutal murder, senseless. Just last week there was a trial of another one in Logan in which the young man had literally stomped the skull of his victim until he died and had the man dig his own grave before he killed him and then put him in the grave in the cemetery. Society is paying the price because both of these were drug-related whose minds had been completely destroyed by the power of drugs and their senselessness. And we find the same thing when it comes to alcohol and other things. One of the, the things that happens each graduation time uh, in many schools is that all-night all night party, and at the end of the thing, there is an automobile that is given away in a drawing of some sort, and that's probably a pretty good activity, although I have some reservations about some of it. But the thing that struck me this past uh, summer in one of the automobiles somewhere, I'm not sure where it was, but the, the paper recorded it, that was given away to a young man who had wanted him the drawing, but it was an announcement of his funeral, for he had died in that new automobile under the influence of alcohol. The very thing that that was intended to prevent brought this man, young man, back to, to the point of death. Yes, it is expensive when our society, our church, our family, or an individual decides that he can run away from God and ignore the pleadings of God to live for him. Let me say four things in closing about this whole thing. Sin is dearly bought. It is expensive. The benefits of sin never last. They always bring disappointment. And the result is death. The scripture says the wages of sin is death, but it's the gift of God that's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are you trying to run away from God? Do not do what God wants you to do as far as your relationship to Him is concerned, to this church is concerned, to your family is concerned, to your own person. You can run, but you won't run away from God, for He's always there. And when you discover, after a period of running, that the issue has not been solved, 
that the problem still exists and one must still turn and face God whether you're in the depths of hell or the heights of heaven or anywhere in between, God is there still saying something to you. To some of us, he's telling us what our ministry ought to be. To some of us, he's talking about your need of salvation. What you got to do with Jesus Christ. Where are you in your running process? Have you run? If you have run away from God, it's time to return. Like the prodigal who decided that he could leave home and get away from the influence of his father, he discovered that he had to return. If you are trying to run away from God this morning, you're never going to succeed. Because even if you make your bed in hell, you'll meet God. Won't you accept him as your master? Accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior this morning. If you have been running as a Christian, won't you make this time of decision to rededicate your life and turn around and give your life back to the Lord. Don't be like Jonah. Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.